What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the greatest disaster on the internet. It's the Four Heads Podcast. She got reinforced. She got Brent. You got Sideshow. And you got me, the award-winning host of the year. That's right, Paul. baby. You can yeah, never well take done. it away from me. Pay me more money. That's it. <laughs> done. That's basically it. Is that the first I'm award you've ever won? No, I won another one right here. Oh. The Tempest Award. Oh, nice, but then I have to nice. compete against other souls for that. Did you, you know, hand was... the award? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Alex. I didn't watch because... Of course you didn't. Because I just didn't watch. I'm not going to make excuses. It just, you I'm don't busy support your friends. It's stuff. fine. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's fine. Did you <clears> hand <throat> the award to yourself? No, I did not. Oh, they, they, actually, they actually were pretty clever with how the whole thing went about. Did you know well. before they announced? Nope. I had no idea. Mm. Uh, what? Because I watched the awards and you were just like sitting on the side. Yeah. Like it's Golden Boy. And you were like, ah, it's me. So that was the story. Oh, just so like over on the stage. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> what happened was so not to disparage or say anything bad, but for lack, you know, the award show kind of had a little bit of bumps behind the scenes. Uh, it was kind of it was just a little crazy backstage. Sure. Um, and uh, and we were changing like the script, like on the fly, like changing the flow of the show <clears throat> on the fly. It was rigging so, the like, winners on the fly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there were things cut. There were things added, cut again, added again. So you know, it kind of got a little, little, little cray cray. And then, um, and then, like the guy Michael, who's a really awesome dude, he comes up to me. Uh, he's got guy who puts the whole thing together. You know, he, so he's he's losing his mind, and he just comes up to me. He's like, hey, "Listen, we have a change in the script. You're gonna have to go to the caster uh, booth, which is where they have like the table. They're like, you're gonna have to go there." Uh, because it's going to go immediately to you uh, after this next segment. And I was like, oh, okay. So the whole time I was like, ah, oh, man, this sucks. Like, I'm just going to have to go up there and watch myself lose like a second time in a row. Like, that just mm. really blows. Uh, but I was oh. like, whatever. You know, it is what it is. So then um, when uh, DJ Wheat and Chris Mead from the uh, UK office of Twitch uh, came on, he was like, Ming Lee's. As soon as he said Ming Lee, I was like, oh, wait a minute. He's making our joke. Because at the office, we'd always make the joke together. It, like, you know, can we get Ming Lee's in the chat? And then I'll just like yell out of nowhere, like, office in the chat. Like, just like obnoxiously as <laughs> hell from like yeah, the other yeah. side of the office. So as soon as he said that, I was like, no way. And then, and then that's when I, then that's when they announced That's when you one. realized that ain't bad. That's a little fairy tale story. I won an award. Who did you that's give right. it to last year? Maven. Mm, Maven Bro- won. It was broadcaster of the year, so it was oh, like kind of all in. Com- yeah, they split up the categories mm. this time around. So Henry G won caster of the year, and then I won host of the year. Mm. Yeah, pretty and good. Then, well uh, done. Yeah, no, it was cool. I just, I just always assume that I'm gonna lose uh, yeah, because well, no, yeah, because the reason being right is because like I don't subscribe to like any one particular community, you know. Uh, so I, I work in Overwatch and in Halo and then Fortnite and then Apex. And then I do like, you know, I do a bunch of different games. Right. So because of that, I don't think that I've ever had the opportunity to grow a, a, like a, a fond following, uh, around a particular game. Kind of like the way you guys have like such strong followings in, in, uh, Overwatch. Like I, I would say like people know me, but like they're nowhere near as like fanatical about me as they are about you guys. So I think because of that, I just always assume like, oh yeah, the you know the fan vote thing, like no one's gonna vote for me because 
why would they vote for me when they could vote for Dash or they could vote for Puckett? Um, you know, so that's just what I had assumed. So I just mm. was like, me and my wife went there specifically because we were like, well, you know, we went to Atlanta. We might as well just go do that and lose and then go home. And that was it. <laughs> nice. Was it in Atlanta? Sounds sad, but I thought it was no, in no, no. We we did we did a thing at Turner in Atlanta, and then we went to uh, uh, and then and then we went to uh, to Texas. Yeah, so it was cool. You know, I mean, it was a good. It, it was awesome. It was I like it was awesome to win. Cynthia was like super happy, and uh, and it was it was a fun night. Um, and then yeah, that's it. So when you speak to me, make sure you address me as Golden Boy Award winner. Okay, oh, come on, mm. thank you, friend thank you. of is it, DJ. Is it Ren an award winner too? No. No, I'm the the no, Josh is the award. Oh, I mean, it depends. Wow. I, I, I was almost, uh, I almost won an award last year. That's true. <laughs> when they, uh, when they what nominated mean, Mitch, they nominated Mitch Uber Leslie and played a clip from me on the desk. Yeah. That's so incredible as well. Like, how on earth do they manage that? Especially yeah. because you weren't casting. You were on the desk. Casting. I was on the desk. It was great. That's that was amazing. a fun moment. I remember Cynthia looked at me and she was like, "Did they just do that?" Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and then I looked yeah. at her and I just smiled. I was like, "He, uh, the guy, Michael, he was just like super regretful of that whole thing." Oh, yeah. I, I feel, oh, yeah. I feel for I that. Can imagine because like, Mitch fucking dragged them. Yeah. Oh no, it definitely <laughs> did. Definitely did. Oh my word! But it was yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I get, I understand, Mitch, where it was coming from, though. Hey, oh, you yeah. know, esports awards were still cool. You want to nominate me for some awards so I can use it in negotiations? Go ahead. You know, did you Yo, hit uh, me up? Hit me up. What What do you think about Booga winning the esports PC Player of the Year? I have no problem with that. Anyone who has a problem with it, just check yourself at the door, bro. I think who has I'm saying. I mean, I Bruv. I think it's kind of weird. I think it's kind of weird, personally. Really? Because yeah, because the guy won one tournament, right? And he's the- like. That's like saying, oh, the team that wins the international just won one tournament. Mm, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're doing something like player of the year, then somebody who's had incredible placings and like won multiple awards and stuff like that over the course yeah. of the year kind of makes more sense to me. Having said that, Fortnite was probably, I don't know, was it the most competitive solo game? I can see some purity in that, like player of the year. It's not like he had. So Booga was yeah, a consistent was performer. Right. Yeah, he's yeah, a consistent yeah, yeah. performer with the tournament, yeah. dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, no, I'll, but he's also you. just a consistent performer in general. Like, Is he? I yes. swear he's not winning that much recently. I mean, no one's winning anything recently, to be fair, because there hasn't really been anything to like win. With like the cash cups, I don't know if he's been winning those. He's been he's been doing relatively well. I mean, let's look at the like the PC players. I'm trying to find where the Okay, uh, let me offer a more cynical view of, of this. Because oh, that's what we need. Well, just because, I mean, you get hired by him. I ain't winning an award anytime soon. I'm perfectly happy to tell it how it is, you know? Go for it. The, the These award shows are set up as a way to draw in outside sponsors and mm-hmm. sort of create this big event and draw together the talent of esports, I guess, in general. Yeah. Uh, and the main purpose of it is to attract as many eyes as possible. And Fortnite is the biggest game at the moment. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of people were criticizing the award show in the first place because of people winning awards that they thought probably shouldn't have mm-hmm. and criticizing it for almost nepotism internally, which isn't really possible because as far as I'm aware, there's a, a board of like 18 people that yeah. are in charge of voting yeah. on who 
believe from a different range uh, of games and stuff like from that. a very different range of games so it's it's not really like that but i mean people were criticizing dr disrespect winning streamer of the year over people like you know ninja or um, courage yeah why did that but, happen well probably because the they wanted somebody who would actually attend the event in person and i don't oh. think ninja would have so attended no, i know that the awards are done ahead of time that just feels shitty if no, that I mean, was the case. But no, no. I think I, I, I don't think you have to be that cynical as well. I mean, the guy just is good as well. Like he puts way more effort into his brand than most streamers. Like he's created a character, a personality to go around it. Like I think that deserves yeah. recognition as well. No, I I agree. I actually have it's no issues. Numbers. With, I'm just saying people have issues with that and they might go off of just raw numbers and popularity. But I mean yeah, I don't think Courage or Ninja actually tweeted out that they were doing it. That's fair. Yeah. I, I think I that uh, my thing aside of like working the award show, because like full transparency, like I totally wasn't even going to do it this year. But, you know, like it was asked of me uh, and I was like, all right, you know, after a little while, I kind of caved in and I had fun at the end of the day. I saw it, I saw it fun. But uh, but for me, like award shows, like, yeah, I, I joke about the award and, and like I know that like I joke about it. And and it was something interesting because people kept telling me like, oh, yeah, you kept complaining about it. And it's like I wasn't really complaining about it. Like I was just I was more like it was it was funny, you know, yeah, like I always yeah. found it to be funny. But I guess some people were like, oh, you complained about it enough. You finally want it. And I was like, I, I, I could give a shit. I still made a lot of money this year, so I'm <laughs> good. You know, like yeah. I because, you know, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I have a great marriage. Like I'm fucking happy. You know, like I'm. I, I don't need that. But it was a nice thing, you know. But the thing was, for I think a lot of people, uh, was that they kind of there's always like this ulterior motive on on the awards. And to an extent, I I would agree that there is uh, an, an ulterior motive in some categories. Uh, but I do think in others, like streamer of the year, like I I do think Doc was like. He's still super awesome and enjoyable and his content's great. Like, how do you truly gauge who is the quote unquote streamer of the yeah, year? Yeah. You know, like what, what, like I'm trying to look here and find like the metrics of it. Like, what are they judging it on? It's like, what, what how do you judge streamer of the year? You know, like that yeah. doesn't. Yeah, but I mean that's that's why you have a panel of people, right? That vote on it. They they all have their own metrics, and you assume that it would balance itself out eventually, and the correct person will win. Let me to, see. To I'm be, trying to, be to fair. find it. Yeah, I, I, you guys can talk shit about award so award shows as much as you want. I think esports as a scene is pretty chaotic. Like it's not as structured as like traditional sports or anything else. So I mm. I do think that it's nice for someone like Hugo and the boy to at least get recognized. And like get something physical, like an award, to just just as like a testament to all the events and all the hard work you've put in. So I mean, you guys can talk shit about it. I do think it's nice <laughs> to be recognized once in a while, just to be like, "Hey, esports is crazy. I'm working like six different games. I don't really know, you know, where I'm going, or maybe I should focus on one game instead of doing six. You know, I don't know what goes on in your head, but at the end either. of the day, I think." It's just nice to just probably be recognized for what you're doing that people say like, hey, Golden Boy, he's a cool guy. He's put in a ton of yeah. work and yeah. he deserves this award. Yeah. So, yeah. And oh, it's yeah. a pretty Everybody. cool looking trophy. It is actually trophy. a great looking trophy. I'm deciding to suck up for esports awards. Maybe in five years I'll win something. <laughs> okay. So thank Maybe you, Maybe I'll be fishing. And I, I don't and know. I love you. 
it's uh i yes it was cool to be recognized and 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 i think that was like a great part about it uh but i'm not gonna sit here and act like this is like the like the the be all end all right like i still have so much more to do I have so much more I want to accomplish. Right, right. You've got the award. You so don't need to give your speech again. So that's all I'm. That's all I'm saying. I want to thank my mom. I want to thank my dad because <laughs> I didn't thank them when I did the when I did the speech, and I was pretty shout bad. Out to Oak shout, yeah, sure. Uh, even though I live in New York, uh, so uh, I did I, see though. I did see you wearing that four heads T-shirt underneath your blazer at the after party. Uh, oh really? Because I ran yeah. out of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <really>? oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I was going to wear the forehead shirt anyway, but I was like, damn, I, I I don't feel like I look like everyone looks so nice. Like I should try and like look nice. So I, I did the blazer so wore the foreheads and I wore the t-shirt. blazer dog. People were like, yeah. yo, dog, where'd you get that forehead shirt? I was like, yo, old esports.com fan. Yo, can I get it anymore? Can't get any more awkward. Exclusive. Real quick. I didn't want to, ju- I, I didn't want to jump in with this esports content creator of the year. Cause there is an award criteria for it. And the five categories are presenting style, engaging and entertaining, content, popularity, originality, and integrity. So if you really look at the five categories, I do think that the doc fit, fits that. Especially, fits for original, especially for originality. Four of them. What's the one he doesn't fit? Integrity. Why does he have integrity? Oh, you want me to say it? <laughs> oh, what? Because of the, the, the bathroom thing? Yeah, that and more. But listen, we won't get into that. I mean, personal <laughs> life aside, I, I I don't like to conflate that with somebody's you know work yeah. or streaming life because it's it's not really relevant. I but his, his integrity I, as a broadcaster though is still good. Integrity as a broadcast, sure. Yeah, I I think he hits the mark on a lot of those, whereas other people probably do not. So you're correct on that. But it actually just kind of confuses me because I'm like, oh, Doc won. It's kind of confusing because I view all award ceremonies as a popularity contest. So I just got by default expected um, Ninja to win or someone. Yeah, shroud, I don't know. Did you Ninja see... didn't win anything? Interesting. I think he did. Oh, I thought he won like three awards or something, didn't he? Uh unless there three. were awards no, no, that no. were given. No, there were no. Were... Ah, sorry. Last year, last year he won three awards. Yeah, last this year, year he didn't win anything. I don't uh, know if he particularly cares. But, did yeah. you the the biggest thing though that I saw blowing up coming out of these esports awards was not so much the awards themselves, but was Richard Lewis's speech. Oof! Did you see anything? No, I didn't watch it. It really was incredibly scathing. So he won esports journalist of the year, which I believe he's done before. I don't know yes. whether he won it last year yeah, or the year it was before. No, he didn't. That. It was the second yeah. time he won it. Second time year before that, because Jacob Wolf won last year. Right, right. And Thorin's won it at some point as well. So I think those are the three former winners of it. So he got up, and the first thing he said was that uh, Cecilia Anastasia should have been on there as well. That was a person that uh, is like a senior writer for Kotaku that broke the riot stuff, like the the sexism within the riots uh, management and stuff like that. It was a really big uh, piece, and she's done a bunch of stuff like that. She's a very good writer. Uh, and yeah. then he went on to just basically slap back at the polygons and Kotakus and stuff like that of the world who have just been writing as he said, hit piece after hit piece and misrepresenting esports and all of that kind of stuff. And it was incredibly scathing. And he has followed it up with a bunch of, uh, I mean, opinion pieces, but also just collecting these terribly written (laughs) articles that have been uh, published by these kind of vendors. And he's writing a series of articles on those articles on Deserto at the moment. It is some true juice if you're interested in dipping your Uh, toes in. Really? 
Wait, wait, oh, what, what it was it again? What was it again? Sorry, I missed so, that last part. It's, I said it's some true juice. No, no, no. I'm saying like about what? About what he said. No, I mean, awards? I think it's just like it's it's a, you very rarely get like direct conflict between people in esports. Like you'll sometimes get people mm-hmm. calling people out, but it's rare that someone just goes against very large journalism organizations and gets like he's like preparing for the slapback again. You know what I mean? Calling yeah. him out for shitty journalism, expecting a couple of hit pieces to come his way, his way as well. It's yeah. uh, it's it's interesting, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna flare up as well. Uh, there's already a lot of people on like subreddits and stuff that generally just either dislike or distrust a lot of the reporting from these outlets. But some of them pervade to the wider, um, you know, like mainstream gaming community very, uh, very thoroughly. So it can be hard. Like the, I don't know. There's so many examples. Yeah, it was, uh, I, you know, when it was happening like live, uh, I think I was right next to uh, Lottie uh, and we were like chatting about it. And she was just like, wow, he's he's going in. And oh, he like, went hard. Yeah. And I was like, as he should. I haven't uh, seen it, but I'm reading the article and he fully expected to just like not work in esports again after the speech is what yeah. he's writing in his article. Yeah, I mean, oh, he, yeah, he, he went after Kotaku, Polygon. He said it by name. Uh, he, 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 it, watch the speech, dude. Watch the speech. There I'm was watching, a lot I'm to watch unpack. Right now. Yeah, yeah, there I mean, was a lot to unpack. Play on stream, actually. Yeah, you might as know. well. You want it? You want the link? That's no, all right. I've got it right in front of me here. Okay. Here we go. So I'm starting in three, two, one. This was, Mitch was just stood there with the, with yeah. the mic as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm relegating my good friend here to be my, to be my mic stand. Uh, there's a few things I wanted to say. I know people have kept this speeches short. I'll try and do the same shit. Uh, I just want to say that I don't consider good journalism a competitive endeavor. I do consider, if you will accept it, I'm up here taking this award for everybody else in my field. There were some great names there. I'm real sorry it wasn't you guys. You will get your time. I got two of these. What I won't get another are. one. Um, there, was a, there was a name that should have been on the list, though. Cecilia DiAnastasio. I just want you to know if you're watching this stream, your work is valued. Your work is necessary. You could have just as easily been that, stood here given a better speech than mine. as well. I mean, she's one of the senior so anyway, reporters uh, at Kotaku and tweeted at him afterwards saying, my get my name out of your mouth. Don't talk about me in the same breath as your conspiracy theories and stuff, yada, yada, yada. She, she went hard back at Richard as well. Wait, was this the person he said should have been up there? They yes. want to tell the stories. And you know who I'm talking about. Oh, Polygon. wow. People I didn't like know that. Waypoint. What's her name? Cecilia? Cecilia D'Anastasia. Right? And their approach to writing about our thing is twofold. They've consistently embarrassed themselves writing pieces that expose their complete ignorance about our scene, lack of sources, that, and unoriginal that? opinions Sorry, on topics we have talked to death for 20 years. The second has been to write hit pieces and smears mostly propagated on half-truths or out-and-out yeah. lies. The dog giving a standard yeah. ovation, in bro. This room. He hates Kotaku. They write about it because they think if they get one or two or 12 of you out of the way, they can get their friends in, get their cronies in, take over and gatekeep our industry. So let's compare and contrast. The reason I'm stood here is probably one story. I wrote a story about a great guy, one of our best ambassadors, Rick Fox, 
who was receiving racial abuse while he was in Echo Fox. It's a Long disgrace what happened to him. Yeah, oh, oh no, he went in. We all owe him a great death. So if we pause it That's for a second, kind of I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that. Um, I did think for a moment, I was like, are we going to get our first music playing in the middle of a speech? <laughs> Is this going to happen? Played off the stage. But it's like, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Like, no, you can't it, do it when it, someone's giving it, a speech like that. Exactly. It just would have been, it would have been scathing. Uh, I'm trying to find the tweet where she said, where she said, uh, what yeah. she said to him. I can, I can um, pull it up afterwards as well. It's, uh, yeah. it's, you'll find it in her tweets and replies. Unless she deleted it, but I don't know why she would. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought it's the the vibe I get though when I watch this is like I I I've read the some of these pieces and they're horribly researched and they're deliberately petty and that's what you get when you I I mean a lot of them also just come from a uh, mainstream point of view where they don't really understand esports and so they're just like talking down to it that kind of stuff but that that kind of yeah. stuff exists all over the place in journalism the BBC have always wrote articles that have been very condescending and patronizing about esports in the past. And only now, when there's outrageous amounts of money in it, are they starting to you know, take it a bit more seriously. But you normally brush those things off. When I see this, it, I get the feeling it's like a rally. It's like, it's like, um, yeah. it's like a, a small... It, it gives me the impression of like people being very defensive and getting in a, in a group together and like, yeah, fuck the man. Which I guess is what he's kind of hoping right is that people yeah uh think the same way that he does it's yeah. it's interesting though it definitely more so than maybe anything else that's happened in the whole year this speech gives me the impression that esports is still so small and like so non yeah well it is people forget sometimes how actually how small esports is i thought it was brilliant i saw i thought i saw um uh, Bryce Bloom, he made like a Twitter thread on the Forbes team evaluation mm-hmm. uh, stuff where they were like, oh, these uh, esports franchises are worth like millions of dollars. I mean, yeah. I, I can't even remember numbers, but they were like hundreds of millions of dollars or some shit like Cloud9 yeah. and uh, all of these big organizations. And Bryce Bloom was like, keep in mind, esports as a whole, the entire esports scene sell out big stadiums, maybe six or eight times a year yeah like that happens in football and basketball every week multiple times a week like esports is not there yet especially when it comes to a physical audience and yeah we have a lot of numbers on like twitch or whatever maybe i I don't know what the figures are for traditional sports but we're not there yet like even though we have a ton of people watching online and not in person we're not quite there yet and so it is a very small industry we have to make it into a spectacle yeah in order but for people to come with, with more money flowing into the industry esports is very different than what it was five to ten years ago and with that comes a mentality shift and with that comes an environmental shift for everything jobs and everything so i can kind of see where richard lewis is coming from as well that he's been in this scene now for like what 15 years i yeah. still remember him making videos with Thorin and Thorin sitting in his jacket because he couldn't turn his AC on because yeah. he couldn't afford it. You know, stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, he he has reason to do this kind of speech because esports is in a very... Uh, yeah. And he also... I mean, he, he looks at other leagues and stuff like that and sees people who are non-endemic coming in and changing the ways that things are done. And I'm yeah. sure there's concern yeah. in his head that the more it gets kind of... Um, 
the more that people are brought in from the outside, the more it'll change and the more it'll shift away from what he loved about it and what started the entire thing off in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I looked back at some highlight clips from, like, tournaments, like, five to eight years ago. And, like, the, the amount of curse words and explicit material, like, on the yeah. broadcast with, like, sponsors, you know, like... Uh, Asus or Steel Series or whatever, you know, like the sponsors were like, "Yo, we want to be on esports broadcast," but the broadcast themselves, they were just so explicit and so chaotic. Hmm. Not not like traditional sports at all. And I mean, it, it was not the entire reason why some of us got into it, but it it definitely had a bit more of a yeah. loose and chaotic vibe. Mm-hmm. And then that shifts into yeah. a more of a very strict and formal way of doing things. And I think a lot of people are like, "Hey, what's happening to what but also about the industry?" I think you also have to you also have to say even though there's a lot to hold on to in esports there's still so much that still needs to change like there's a lot of shitty attitudes and shitty people still involved yeah, there's a yeah. lot of professionalization that still needs to come in a mm-hmm. lot of the way that things are monetized and run needs to be changed as well in order for things to be sex- successful but also just for people to be dealt with better like the whole contract improvements over this time like some organizers being really terrible people some you know uh, streamers or big personalities are just generally really shitty human beings that because you're on the internet people don't have that same kind of uh, uh oh, yeah. filter that uh, i mean we never really, really you, you never really have less real life experience than other people so that means that you're a bit more sheltered yeah. but, but whenever... you're never going to really get rid of it all is the the, the thing you're never sure. going to get rid of like all the bad apples like it's just not well, it's just not feasible right so yeah Right, and I mean that's that's you know centuries, century long, right? No, not century, half a century. I don't know. Anyway, uh, there's also another tweet uh, from Henry G that said, uh, "You know, it's a real shame the fact that TOs keep broadcasts under the thumb by keeping us in the dark regarding scheduling slash event dates for 2020, booking yeah. us last minute with no idea what's on the horizon, gives us no way to plan our lives outside of work." And this is something. That and I'll, I'll I'll link the tweet so we can uh, it's in the Discord so that you guys could look at it. Um, this is something that has been uh, uh, bothering me for such a long time now, especially as a person who works multiple games across just you know so many different uh, uh, states and even in some instances countries. It, it's like I never I'm never one to ever complain about the work that I do because I genuinely love the fact that I get to work in this business and I'm I'm grateful for it every day. But at some point, man, at some point, this crap has to stop where like, you know, I'll find out about an event like a week or two in advance. And it's like, yeah. dude, you, you mean like you how long have you been planning this thing for a week or two? Because like, you you know, like because if so, I mean, sometimes in some instances, like, genuinely, I'd show up to an event and it looks like it has been planned for a week or two. But in this like more often than not, it is uh, an event that has been being planned and Stella hates it too. There's been an event that's been planned for, you know, maybe two, three months. And then they reach out to talent like uh, two weeks before the event takes place. It's yeah. like, you knew that this shit was going on. Why didn't you just hit us up? Why didn't you just reach out to the talent that you were interested in? And that kind of stuff just drives me up the walls because like it doesn't, I, I barely had a life this year. My whole life was just traveling. It was just traveling, going to place A, going to place B. You made a lot of Skrilla though. Yeah, but... The, but that the, the the that is all wonderful. But if you can't enjoy it, and if you can't take time to enjoy it with those you love, then what the hell is the point of it in the long run? Word. You know, like essentially this year is like done, right? 
And this time yeah. is the first time all year that I've had at home. Yeah. Like like for two weeks. You know? It's just to play uh to play devil's great. advocate isn't uh, here part comes the devil. Of the, isn't part of the onus on uh, on us though to not accept these events in the first place? Yes and no. Yes, in that you are right that we can tell them no, but no because how the hell do you make money after that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? Not a position you know? designer. And also, yeah. this is some of the biggest events in the schedule. Like, this is just a widespread problem that happens all yeah. over the place. I'm actually, when I read stuff like this coming out of the CSGO scene, and I know that it happens all over the place in uh, scenes that have circuit kind of events, uh, but it just doesn't happen in Overwatch, essentially. Like, I know yeah. when every week I'm going to be mm -hmm. working for the whole of the seven, eight months that the Overwatch League is going on, I know there's going to be playoffs at the end, and I know there's going to be something at BlizzCon, even if it's not, you know, like, announced and confirmed. There's almost certainly going to be something there, and there probably isn't going to be anything after that. And it just makes the year, like, so tidy. It's not really something that I've ever had to worry about. And yeah. I know that it is, like, a classic concern in esports, so... Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that about the franchised kind of closed system of the Overwatch League. It just makes life so easy for us compared to mm -hmm. casters in circuits. Yeah. For, before, for context, uh, before I was... Right, I just want to say something real yeah, quick. Yeah, wrap up, wrap up. Yeah. Real quick, real quick. For context, I had two events in December that I was planning my entire month around. Yesterday, first event, I no, yesterday I found out it, one event was canceled. And then the <laughs> other one, I find, I, I didn't even get a formal notice it was canceled. I had heard through the grapevine that the event was canceled uh for like technical reasons and shit so uh and i and that event was an international event and i was going to go to johnny's home of the fishing village in sweden oh but i was going to go to sweden <laughs> and uh and we me and cynthia had plans and then we just had to cancel it because events canceled yep. and yeah so you know like and that happens <clears throat> all the time so anyway go ahead I, this, I, this is I this has been an issue in the industry for such a long time now and i mean i can say this as well like back when the Overwatch League was first um looking for commentators as well in other games and whatnot one of the main selling points was the fact that it was a consistent schedule to a yeah. lot of people yeah and i know there was a lot of people from other games who didn't move over to overwatch but um were heavily considering it because of the scheduling yeah yeah, yeah. quality of life improved but then yeah. there becomes yeah. the issue you strap your wagon out to one horse what happens if, what happens if eventually yeah the horse know. needs to be turned into glue Wait, what? Yeah. And then we use that glue to build a car. And the car can travel anywhere. Genius. Yes. You should give inspirational speeches, Bren. Yeah. Honestly, really some should. of the inspirational speeches Bren was giving when we were playing Open Division, they they warmed the cockles of my heart. They made me feel like I was a berserker Wait, in the Viking what? armies. It warmed his cock. No, <laughs> they warmed no, the, cockles, the cockles of my cockle. heart. It's like the the chambers of your heart, right? Mm. It's just a it's a it's a phrase. It's an idiom. You you like to live dangerously. I'll give you that. Like That's the, the amount dangerous. of times the amount of times you've been on the desk and you said muck instead of fuck. I'm just like you're you you you're, you're a bit on the edge right Life here. Life on you know, the wild like, side, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know what one of my Freud favorites is? It's and, uh, balls to the wall. Because balls, I mean, like, if you say something like balls deep, that's not acceptable. That's, you're making a, mm. a literal about, sexual uh, thing. But balls to the clapping, wall? Clapping cheeks. Clapping cheeks, yep, that is also sexual. I that may have said sexual. that recently. Ah, okay. <laughs> may have said I that. I think saying someone is cracked is like, yeah, it's, you know, I get it. I get cracked. But to, to like, someone no. who's watching Disney XD, I'm like, 
Do they, do they know what's going on here? Like, do they, do they <laughs> yeah. know what cracked? That can you imagine? <laughs> Freaking Sinatra's up there playing, and he's like, hey, he's cracked. And then you look at his face, and his eyes are bloodshot red. It's just caffeine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, just something caffeine. else. Crack, cracked is a term that's come from the, the Fortnite. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Fortnite scene. Like, it is a, a Zuma reference. It would be like right up Disney XD's alley. You know? What yeah, by really? not using it, it's disingenuous. I'm not sure uh, Disney XD appeals to the Zoomers. I think it appears to some appeals to someone. I'm pretty sure they just that. appeal to children. Yeah, it's like know? a children's show, isn't it? Zoomers. No, no, no. Forget, forget the whatever you call that. The the, the labeling is Disney XD is for kids, Brandon. No, it's for, for children. Zoomers, Zoomers bro. It's maybe for very <laughs> young. I'm, Zoomers. I'm googling it. Disney XD demographic. Zoomers. That's what it's gonna say. It comes up on Google. Zoomers. Uh moving moving forward. Uh we have a thing six labeled to 14. here. Zoomers. Yeah, six yeah. to fourteen is not Zoomers. Yes, Are you it calling is. Calling a six year old a Zoomer? Well, no. Probably around uh nine, ten, that's when you start becoming a Zuna. Zoomer. But you're you're I would you say it's like, like little... fourteen to eighteen is Zoomer the... age. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> It's definitely not. Zuma is used as like the term, with, you, you know, when you see those kids running around shopping centers with the the, the skin high fades doing the Fortnite floss with their Yeezys. <laughs> those are Zoomers. They're like the age of the age of ten to fourteen. Yeah, dude. maybe ten, but but they definitely extend to at least sixteen. You could no. definitely have some sixteen-year-old Zoomers. Bro, we are so yeah, screwed. Probably. Also, so isn't Zuma? Doesn't it just come from Gen Z? Like it's just Zuma a Gen Z boomer. The boomers and Zuma zoomers from Four Chan. Well, according to Urban Dictionary, uh, <laughs> Zoomer refers to members of Generation Z and is a play on the term boomer, yeah. which refers to members of the baby boomer generation. The term Zoomer is also in reference to the fast-paced upbringings members of Generation Z are characterized to have due to the fast advances in technology and culture that has been happening around them as a result yep. of the interconnectivity of the American and global populations because of the ubiquity <laughs> of internet-connected smartphones and that, social media. That's a crazy right, but, but definition. Here but Gen like Z by... goes up to like the age of 20 at the moment. Zoomers uh, are like up to 20 years old. No, no. Maybe no, even no, a little no. further. A Zoomer, a Zoomer is someone with shaved sides, slicked back haircut, round <laughs> glasses, who loves mumble rap and battle royale video games. Oh, so that's you, you, Bren. You. Shit. <laughs> you're, a, you're a Zoomer. You go around little yeah. shopping bro, malls. And your hair's here. blonde now, too, bro. Yeah, Fuck out of like, here. I'm actually a bit of a Zoomer. But I'm fucking 23. I'm like a fake Zoomer. I'm like one of those oh, weird... weird yeah. uh, hey, fellow Zoomers. Hey, fellow Zoomers. <laughs> this is me. bad. This is bad, Bren. Uh, you just described mm. yourself. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, let, we got to move on from that. Please move on. Uh, I've talked enough about Zoomers and Boomers. Well, well, Bren, Bren had some kind of Twitter video. Was that of you being a Zoomer? No, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, just for the sake of, uh, of us, do not show the name of the person who tweeted this. Okay. Just who you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. Well, yeah. Just, how can he? How can he sort that I out? I don't know how you fill it up. I can just yeah, full screen full it. Full screen it. Just full yeah. screen it. All right. Let's. I, I just found this video funny. Okay. Let's play this video. Okay. Ready? What? Well, yeah, kind of. 
Let's it says, just play y'all the video. come look at this freaky-ass white man, and then what is this video, Bren? You found right. this video. Yeah. This is your Zuma meme. Some dude who just raps. Oh, that's the juice. <laughs> 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 yeah, at least just like you, dude. Yeah. Oh. Low battery, 20% battery remaining. I mean, I wish it is. It looks like oh. you, Bren. It looks like you when you had your, your mustache going on. My mustache? Wow, yeah. that's I mean, just incredible. You can definitely tell he's about five foot because of the length of his limbs. <laughs> so I, he's, he's not quite me. He's talking about getting the juice, and then he's talking about how he wants pulp in it. And he wants the juice to come out of her ass or something. <laughs> yeah, and he's sucking on. <laughs> right. <laughs> sucking on something. That's <laughs> horrific. Oh, I how that came have mercy. Feed, but, oh, somebody tagged me in it saying it looks like me. I just find it quite funny. It does yeah, look, it like looks you. just like you. It does look oh just like you. Uh, Star Wars Fallen Order, who's played it? That's our no. transition. So, I, well, so apparently this game bangs. Yeah. Like, it's like Dark Souls of Star Wars. Not quite, not quite. It's not as harsh, but it's the same kind of combat. It's a bit of a platformer. Mm-hmm. It's it has a nine out of ten on Steam. Ninety four percent like this game. Google users, and if you buy uh, an Origin Pass or whatever it's called, like an EA mm-hmm. Pass for like fifteen yeah. bucks a month, you get the game. But it's like sixty dollars if you want to buy it separately. Well, and apparently it's worth every penny. Th- this could be like the game of the year. Apparently, it's that good. Um, and people just love it. There's so much stuff going on with Star Wars now. I find it really interesting. So they released Disney Plus as well, which is like Netflix, but for Marvel and Disney stuff. It has so yeah, much um, stuff on it. It has so much stuff on it. And they released a new uh, Star Wars TV show as well, The Mandalorian, Yep, which I have uh, thoughts on. But has, have anyone, seen it? Have you, has anyone seen it? No. Yeah, I, I'll, I've seen it. Yeah, but I... It, I I have thoughts. I have Just thoughts. answer this question, Johnny. Do you think it's good, yes or no? Yes or no? Your silence is telling me no. Jonathan, this is imperative <laughs> to our friendship. On? Hello? I, look, I, I, love, I love... I can't say yes or no. Look, I love the Star Wars universe. It's simple! It has... No, it's not that simple! It's complicated! It's, it's such a beautiful universe. There's so many flashbacks. Like, there's so many good details about the but, itself. But, but the writing, the writing drives me nuts, bro. It, <laughs> what? So, it's so cliche. It's so, oh, it's so typical. Someone, someone wrote a hit tweet. Oh, my God. Someone wrote a hit tweet. And I was like, the, the writing is like a video game. Yeah. The writing is like a I video game. I saw that tweet. And it was it's... like, the Mandalorian was designed to be a video game. They even get an armor upgrade halfway through the first episode. Yeah, something it's like so that. weird. It's so weird. So, okay. So, that's like two weeks in the past. I guess we can talk about spoilers. I haven't seen I... it. I'd like to watch it, though. Well, uh, well, okay. So, I won't go into big details. Well, it's not going to big details. It's oh, not going to okay. big details. I'll go get, I'm going to go get a Red Bull. 
<laughs> what happened to your balls so, drink that you were having? Your so whatever it was. If if you haven't C4. watched Mandalorian, I mean, I don't know when it's safe to uh, skip or mute. You're or you're water. treading in dark water but, here, John. Yeah, look, I won't, I won't, I won't Shallow. unveil, I won't unveil the great um, twist in the end of the first episode. I won't yeah. unveil that. Darth okay, Maul dies. <laughs> no, but there are there are some things about it, like you said, just like armor upgrade um and there's just like a fight and then there's like oh that was a cool fight here comes the boss you, uh, and it's just yet? everything is so right right typical lazy kind of writing that i yeah. just kind of okay. like you're, I on, love the, the universe you're on the same about, point just... you're on the same point One. as when i left well, you were going for like 15 seconds <laughs> the, same, <laughs> the same point johnny one what the... john favreau Trust, trust in the Fav. All right. No, what, 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 what is the? What has he done? Trust in the. Fav. And also, it's uh, so slow. He's the literally the reason why we have the MCU. Okay, I, the I, MCU is overrated. MCU is kind of shite, though, isn't it? I don't give the, a crap about both of you. Okay, <laughs> about both of you. Let's just I, get I that out of the way. People, I know some people that just attach their lives onto the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like I'm not their, one of those people. The lifeline, bro. But I do enjoy it, and I think it is good. And I, I think, think it some, is. Yeah, I like switching on. I switch on an Avengers film, and I turn my brain off, and I don't want to think yeah, about but it. But you have to turn your brain off. That's the point. You can't I, I ever leave like, your brain on. I feel like the MCU uh, in the world of movie making was kind of like a turning point because... Yeah, they realized we, they could farm people for easy sequels, just keep throwing comic book no, heroes at No, them. no, no. They took the comic book concept and just imported it into the movie world, which was something that like everyone had always wanted, but we never really got. Like, look at the Batman movies. When we got the Batman sequel, right, Batman Returns, it was like, oh, there's like a world developing whoa, whoa, with this, whoa, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. The, the Batman stuff, though, was created... No, I'm talking about incredible- Batman and Batman huh? Returns. Oh, that oh. not 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 the not the trilogy. The, oh, that that movie yes. series was created with the idea of it being a trilogy. So I always knew we always knew that that thing was going to end at Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, right. So we, we were going to get that logical conclusion, but we never really got that closure with uh, Batman Returns. We never got that. So it was like at the end of Batman Returns when Catwoman's like you know like like counting down her lives or whatever. You 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 were like, what more can you pull out of this world? What more can Tim Burton pull out of this universe? And then we never got that. And then we ended up getting Batman Forever, and we got Val Kilmer, and we got Schumacher with his like colorful, jazzy lights and all his crap, and it completely detached from whatever it was. And then it just became who's going to play Batman? That became the whole thing. Like Val Kilmer was Batman. Oh, George Clooney's now Batman. That's what it became. It stopped yeah, being. Yeah about mm. the movies and it just became about the people playing the, the the characters in the movies so what i commend marvel for was creating a universe that allowed us to really just dive into the characters themselves like the, the heroes that i grew up reading so i'm yeah. not i'm not saying that it's like the greatest thing in the world obviously it's not airtight there are definitely plot holes mm. but what it did was create this shared universe that i think is like something that you know We'll never see like that ever again, I think. Yeah, Johnny, yeah, we will. Johnny, would you rather watch a Marvel movie or The Mandalorian? I mean, I I, I, I don't watch Marvel at all. I haven't seen any of the so other. So you would rather How watch... How am I friends with you three? You would rather watch The Mandalorian than Thor Ragnarok. Well, I... 
I I feel like I can't give a, a good answer because uh, I've watched like two thirds of Thor Ragnarok. Okay, two well, two thirds is enough to have an opinion on it. Did you well, like it? I I I I I'd rather watch the Mandalorian. I'm molding right now. If the duration was the same, because the thing, the, 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 another point is that the Mandalorian episodes they're like 33 minutes long, and they're not making a ton of progress in each episode, so you don't get a ton of it. You're like watch it, and you're like cool right like, so so maybe happened? i needed to start lower then would you rather watch the mandalorian or take a cheese grater to your nose i'll watch the mandalorian <laughs> <laughs> all right but that's the kind of bar we're talking about here no i feel like that's a pretty big discrepancy between <laughs> cheese grater and watching avengers <laughs> would you okay would you rather watch, watch the mandalorian or watch goats oh oh that's <laughs> even that's close that's very close. <laughs> wow. I mean, Goats has its... Uh, Goats yeah, has I'm... better writing than Star Wars. But Star Wars has, has the better, better <laughs> universe. writing. Yeah, but Mandalorian right. has the better universe. But Goats has pretty good writing. Amazing. I can't... I, I, I cannot you know, believe... Uh, I cannot so believe what I should kind heard. of ties in, but recently the creator of Watchmen, Alan Moore... Yeah. Um, an interview of him oh, back in 2017 so yeah. um, surfaced and he discusses the current sort of cultural impact of superhero films and the man just fucking goes in on the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the reasons why it's popular with modern society. Mm-hmm. Like, it, But this has always been his, his idea, right? He tries to put in these real world, um, uh, real world issues in his writing with the comic books uh, and Alan Moore's a bit of a genius. Like, he, that, he also thinks incredible. very highly of himself, so I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But I'll read out the quote in this interview. And he says, I think the impact of superheroes on popular culture is both tremendously embarrassing and not a little worrying. While these characters were originally perfectly suited to stimulating the imaginations of their 12 or 13 year old audience, today's franchised Ubermenschen, Uber what is that? Ubermenschen? It's it's a quote from Nietzsche. It's it literally means Superman, but it also means kind of aspirational figures, right? So it's yeah. like what you should strive to be. It's like the the, yeah. the pinnacle of humanity. Oh yeah, my, my, sorry, go on, bro. Today's franchised Ubermenschen aimed at a supposedly adult audience seems to be serving some kind of different function and filling different needs. Primarily, mass market superhero movies seem to be a betting on an audience who do not wish to relinquish their grip on their relatively reassuring childhoods or the relatively reassuring 20th century. The continuing popularity of these movies, to me, suggests some kind of deliberate self-imposed state of emotional arrest, combined with a numbing condition of cultural stasis, which that can be witnessed in comics, movies, popular music, and indeed right across the cultural spectrum. The mm. guy just thinks that they're trash. Yeah, I guess he also, the an important thing to take away from that as well is because they haven't really innovated, they are just stalling the progress. But there's more. That stuff. There's more. The superheroes themselves, largely written and drawn by creators who have never stood up for their own rights against the companies that employ them, much less the rights of Jack Kirby or Jerry Siegel or Joe Schuster, would seem to be largely employed as cowardice compensators, perhaps a bit like the handgun on the nightstand. I would also remark that, say, for a smattering of non-white characters and non-white creators, these books and these iconic characters are still very much white supremacist dreams of the master race. Jesus. In fact, I think that a good argument can be made for D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation as the first American superhero movie. 
and the oh, point wow. of origin for all those capes and masks. Wait, mm. hold the fuck Go. on. I, I googled. I watched fantasy football. What happened? <laughs> okay, so Birth of a Nation was one of the very first movies that was like an epic. It was like a three-hour epic when most people were only making very, very short one-reel movies. And mm. it defined kind of a, a genre. But even in 1915, it was like thought of... Wait, was it 15? It was 1921. Like, 1921. Even at that point in time, it was thought of as being like a pretty racist movie. Because the Ku Klux Klan was like the good guys in the movie. Yeah. And they were they were That's in their odd. capes and masks and stuff like that. So, But, but yeah. to then think that it taps into an idea of kind of white people being awesome because you've got Superman running around saving the world. I mean... I can see where he's coming from, but I don't That's think so. I think that is a stretch. I think which is why I said take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, and you look, I wanted could... to say uh, I, Go I got into Watchmen a bit, so I don't watch superhero movies or like stuff like that at all. Pretty much, like I haven't seen any of the recent Batman. I don't watch Marvel. I just don't find it that enticing. But mm-hmm. what did get me into Watchmen was actually uh, the clever writing of it. And one detail that stood out was that one of the Watchmen is called like Ozymandias or something. Yeah, yeah, Ozymandias. Um, yeah. Ozymandias. And and I had no idea until my girlfriend told me that that's an actual uh, that's actual poetry. Yeah, yeah. With like a, a like a very well known quote and stuff. And I just find details like that, like deep kind of you know connections to the writing or stuff like that, like. I, yeah. I find it very interesting. It has if you ever get a chance, you should read well. Watchmen. You should yeah, read Watchmen by Alan Moore. It is a phenomenal graphic novel. Uh, probably like, I would say like a genre-defining uh, uh, piece of, of, I don't say literature, but it was definitely a piece of art because it, it's it's really good. It's, yeah. it I love it. It's like one of my favorite books right? ever. Yes, he made V for Vendetta. He did another one too. I forget the name. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean... <sighs> The the new series of by HBO is also very very good as yeah. well. Yeah. My girlfriend said it was. Uh, uh, usually they don't they don't make Watchmen justice, but she felt like this TV show really represented the. Yeah, it takes the piss out of the movie all the time as well. Really? Yeah. So it has like every now and then it will show scenes from the in universe um, superhero film, which is called The Minutemen, which is written off the old you know the nineteen eighty five right. Watchmen. That it's now 2019 is what the current series is set in, and every now and then you see clips from the series, and it's like the over-the-top action scenes that was exactly like the Watchmen movie, like the completely (laughs) Hollywood version of it. I think it is very interesting, though. I keep now rethinking about Alan Moore's uh, point that the the hypocrisy of people not standing up or not actually enacting the the kind of vision of the superheroes and i wonder if he's onto something there where by people living vicariously through these superheroes they kind of get their fill of acting in a positive way they kind of feel like that's mm. their way of it's it's not like they are contributing positively to society but they get the endorphin rush of contributing positively through by vicariously living through the superheroes that they're watching, yeah. rather than going out there and doing positive things themselves. I mean, I watched The Joker, mm. and I was like, I need to do something good right now to feel good about myself. <laughs> uh, I opened the door for an old lady after... Uh, and then I closed it on her right away. I, no, I, I, just, <laughs> I just like to give people compliments. Like, I just... 
the people are weird sometimes. Just like, oh, you can't talk to strangers, or you know, you can't interact around people. Just like giving people compliments is the best thing ever. Like, it's, yeah, I try to. It's just um, the best. Like, I try random to people, people just like, oh, that's a, that, that's a nice shirt. Like, random people in Starbucks, just like, that's a nice shirt. I, I try and message people and tell Thanks, them that great. they do a good job with their work as well. Yeah. Because I, I, did, like I did that to Sideshow recently, last week, and then he ghosted me, and I was like, cool. <laughs> 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 Wait a second, I know what you mean as well. I read it, and I was just like, oh, that's really sweet, but I didn't reply with anything. I do that all the time. My, my family was saying that as well. They were like, we keep sending you sweet little uh, messages on, tw- on, uh, on text and stuff, and you just never respond, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, well, I read them, and I'm like, oh, that's adorable, but I don't I don't send them back a message that's like, yeah. oh that's adorable. I I just you know, I treasure it. Yeah. I mean at the same at the same token, I shouldn't <laughs> be concerned about whether you respond or not. You know, that's not really yeah, how it yeah. should work. The but I was just like, yeah, hey, yeah. thank but you, George, it's easier for your to trash on so Josh though. Yeah, we're just like <laughs> thank you for putting in so much work with the you know production and like, you know, doing stuff on the side and like helping with all the shows. And it just ghosted me and my entire day I was just like <laughs> I don't like me. He didn't respond. What's happening? Is he my friend? Oh, I no, need to not. respond to people more often. No, oh. but so I just try to give compliments to people these days. Yeah. Um, so I, Bre- think... Bre- Brennan, Golden Boy, yours will come next week. Don't worry about it. Thanks, <laughs> man. Thanks. It's got a schedule of compliments. Yeah, He's going to work through everyone. So to bring it back Feel to your, day. bring it back to your point, Josh, and and I know this is going to sound like just the opposite of what you're expecting but i think sometimes people just like to watch and read comic books you know yeah. what i mean like people just yeah, like, like shit you know and that's it like i feel like as a society we put way too much like stock and over emphasis on nuanced details that just don't oh fight shit real pseudo intellectual so, shit yeah that's what it, i i actually hate that so this is uh, Josh is squinting your wee guys. Yeah, what? because because the world is incredibly complex, and if you just boil it down to I no, like no, no, this, no. then you, no. you you know. No, 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 but no. what's wrong every with now and just then. liking something? Every now and then, that's fine. But then sometimes you find a piece of media or uh, a comment or an article or something, <laughs> and it tries to disguise itself as this nuanced idea that they're trying to get across to you. And they overcomplicate it, and they use a variety of vocabulary that's unnecessary for the point they're trying to actually put across. Yeah. And the entire idea is that they're just trying to be like, hmm, look at me. Yes, five-head exquisite, swirling around wine. <laughs> like, that's the entire idea of what they're trying to do. And I can read it like a book because I used to be like that when I was younger. Right, and yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was just fucking tragic. Like, it's just a tragic part that some people just haven't grown up past. It's yeah, okay to be yeah, dumb yeah. sometimes, you know? Yeah. But but that's, I'm not saying, I don't think that it's, there are definitely people that are exquisite five-head wine glass circlers <laughs> that, that just try and overanalyze stuff. But also, people, I think, don't realize how much of their likes and dislikes are manipulated by other people and by, like, unconscious mm. things you we all have models of ourselves as rational beings like you always think that you make a decision and you do something or at least most of the time you do you know you you have some kind of feeling when you're just emotionally acting but most of the time we model ourselves as like rational beings that make decisions and do this stuff but that's not really how humans work they kind of post rationalize stuff you make decisions and then you kind of talk yourself into like oh yes that was a good decision well done or like oh yeah i really wanted that whereas actually it's just there are just subconscious things telling you what to like and dislike and they're just coded into your brain and you just so you mean it's subconscious 
subconsciously, I should like Temptation Island. Do you enjoy you... Temptation Island? No, I do not. Okay, well, no, I'm not telling you what you should like or but shouldn't like. I feel like. like you are. I feel like you're trying to get me no, to like No, but here, here's what I'm trying to say, though, Alex, <laughs> is that the things that you like, <laughs> there are reasons that you like them. But even uh-huh. if you don't acknowledge those reasons, probably the people that made the content deliberately tried to make it in such a way so that it would tap into your brain. And so wow. whether or not the consumer acknowledges the reasons why they like or dislike things, the people making the content mm. probably know that and are being deliberately... Not in a bad sense manipulative, but in a for-profit sense. They are trying to manipulate the consumer to watch their content. I'm I'm seeing your forehead just slowly become a five, <laughs> like, as it just keeps going up, you know? <laughs> no, like, you're not wrong. I don't think you're wrong about that. I, I, look, there, we, we, manipulation, like, media manipulation will always and forever be a thing. The AI will come and find us, and they will destroy us all, okay? So this is a, a, a thing. Uh, I just think in the context of comic books, it's like, yo, dog, I just really, really like Captain America. But why his... do you like comic books and don't like, I don't because know, he beats nursery up rhyme Nazis. books? Okay. You know, he beats up the he beats well, okay. up Red so, Skull. So why do you, so why do you like comic books and okay. not history books about soldiers that actually did beat up Nazis? I actually do like history, but yes, uh, you know, so I'm sorry. It's just a thought This experiment. maybe isn't like, this I, isn't I, the best one. I think I can example. talk about that because I don't read comic books yeah. or really watch that many Marvel films, but I watch a lot mm. of anime and that's kind of yeah, similar. Yeah, those are kind of similar. It's a lot of shonen's animes that I really, I just like shonen animes because it's, uh, it's some fucking dude just beating people up with powers that are unimaginable that you can't get in real life, you know? But that's very some similar dude. to superhero things. Yeah, yeah, that's why I like it, because it's like... It's right, but not why do you like re- shonen anime and you don't like superhero movies? Uh, well, I don't, I don't mind superhero movies, but I don't, like, obsess over them. Ah, okay, I got it. It's like the reason why I don't like watching dramas, but I like watching comedies. Is that kind of like the same thing? Like, I don't like watching shows like Scandal and stuff like that. Right. I never find those shows compelling or interesting to me, uh, because it's, it's, <sighs> it's almost too real. Whereas, like, I'll just watch The Office or How I Met Your Mother or uh, Arrested Development because I just know that those are just completely fancy. Is that maybe I'm missing it? But, I don't but, know but, why. I don't but, know why. I. What, what is your point? My Josh? point was saying? a little wider, right? So I wasn't speaking specifically, but I was saying comic book movies have become so enormously popular, like a massive cultural phenomenon, right? Mm. I'm, mm. I'm asking the question, why comic book movies have done that and not shown in anime? Or something like because that. Because it's when more accessible. Two... You think that's the only the only big difference? I think it's a big, big, yeah. I think that's the only big difference. Because yeah. they both tap into the part of the mind that just wants to see cool shit happening. And like fancy explosions and people saving the day. And maybe some underlying five head stuff, but not too much. Because people don't want to talk. Don't, people, that doesn't people make have... any sense as to why Sideshow's stream is popping off. <laughs> yeah. Yo, but, that but comic, shit boggles my movies, mind, bro. <laughs> comic book movies are not in another language. They're not. Yeah. You don't have to go to a different website to even watch them. Yeah, yeah, you, I can see just that. in. They're in the. They're in the. They're in the movies. You know, but you it's a. Go but to... it's a new thing. Like people previously haven't been attached to only watching cool shit without any purpose behind it. Like a lot of comic book movies are just cool shit for the sake of cool shit. And if that's where the. If that's where. The- People have always been attached to watching cool shit with no purpose on it. 
Think yeah, the amount of old action movies in like the eighties, like you've got some dumb action films with just explosions yep. and Arnie, lethal weapon, blow people up, lethal weapon. You know, you've got you've always movie, had man. this, always. But have they always been the most popular things by far? See, so, like the so that sounds grossing? like no, that sounds so. like you're a hipster. That's what that sounds like. No, no, no. Because when, like, when you're is like, this Whoa, the natural so end point of of art in movie? Is this the natural thing that everyone's going to no. boil down to? I, I actually think not. that this a big part of this has been that they figured out a formula that works that taps into just the human psyche. Right, it's manipulative. Want. It's it's yeah. tapping into the human brain because people like it for certain specific reasons, and it's stagnating culture. That was Alan Moore's point. But that I'm no, trying to argue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, I let Golden Boy speak. No, it's not that. It's let not the that man talk. Speaking is just. It's just that it's such a it's such a uh, like a layered conversation for uh, such a shallow concept. I feel bad for Golden movies. All right, how about this Golden, though? His, his Golden Boy likes Golden Boy's liked comic books his entire life. He's yeah. liked superheroes his entire life. Yeah, yeah. And it's only recently become this issue where it's being form- it's being made into this formula and kind of dulled down into the yes. same repetitive so, motion. Formula. That was something I wanted to mention because, yes, there is a Marvel formula. And just like there is a Disney formula, and it's mostly because of Disney. Like, Disney created this incredible formula upon which they can get people to care uh, about, you know, like, characters in a movie, right? There's, like, the inevitable high. There's the adventure. There's the comedy. There's all this stuff. And then there's the low where the character has to find themselves or the characters have to find themselves and then from there, they discover it. Something bad happens. And then at that point, they then all rally together. And then, boom, you know, they save the day. That is 100% the Marvel formula. I am I am never going to dispute that. Like, the movies are not nuanced, not, not in the slightest. If you had to pick one movie that was, it probably was Black Panther. But that was because it tackled a variety of topics, not just, you know, like being a superhero. Like, it just had more to it because it was... Well, to be fair, like Wakanda and the Black Panther world is like so layered. It's really, really cool. That being said, there aren't that many like there's just not that many layers when it comes to these movies. And like I totally understand that. But I think for me, it's that I, as Brendan mentioned, I grew up reading these books and loving these characters for so many years now. And then to finally see it on TV or on my screen is like really cool. It's just like. It's like, whoa, like, this is a thing. I can't believe that I, I am alive to see this thing, you know, like that yeah. I that I grew up reading in, in, in the pages of these $1 books I used to get from, you know, the candy store in my neighborhood, right? Like from Little Bodega, I used to go there, pull up the comic and boom, I'm reading a book. Guy used to kick me out. It would sneak one under my thing. It was great. <laughs> so like, you know, I just openly admitted the theft. There you go. Uh, <laughs> okay. I gave them a lot of money over the years. They're okay. They'll get over it. Uh, but the, the thing, the thing about these movies is that it's, it's just about like just having fun, right? Sometimes it's okay to simply just unplug and have fun. Yeah. No, I totally end of the world. I I agree. I think the issue is that if the sometimes becomes most of the time, right? Like if you have a very broad amount Mm. of films that are being created, um, that the highest triple A, um, what do you call them, studios are actually creating a var- very large, broad amount of movies. And some yes. of the time, it's just unplug your brain. I think that's perfectly fine. If it stretches to like, you know, 
80% of the highest grossing movies, the things that people are actually coming out to see because they're being marketed the most and the money's actually going into them, if, like, a huge amount of movies that just unplug your brain, hasn't the art form lost something? So I think that then kind of goes to the issues that the cinema has been having for, like, the longest time now. Because people have to have a reason to go and spend money at the theater, right? They have to go and and be invested in something. And for a lot of people, like, going to the movies to watch a Marvel movie, like, I'll be 100% honest, the only times I've gone to a movie theater have been specifically to watch something superhero-related or superhero movie, like Joker or Avengers or Spider-Man. Like, I, I think, like, the last movie that I went to go see on my own uh, that wasn't necessarily an action film was like Blade Runner. Mm. Uh, it was probably oh, like 2049. 2049, which wasn't really like an yeah. action film. It was more like, you know, a great movie, I think though. we have a biased view on this though as well. Well, the, just to finish my point, the, the whole thing is that that is also the reason why like companies like Netflix and Hulu and HBO and Amazon are getting involved. And we're starting to see the movies stop being a focus and it's actually shifting more towards shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see the TV shows become these beacons of storytelling and gripping narrative, character development. You're starting to see it happen there, which it was not the case yeah. back then. Back and then it was the movies. It's very hard, and, and actually. TV shows was bullshit. Very hard to make a TV show purely cool shit because they just go on for so long. Like, exactly. I, it would be so hard to make a totally vacuous epic tv show you know something which brings the same me back to why the Thrones. mandalorian is the fucking shit sorry josh anyway moving on go ahead <laughs> what were you gonna say Brian? john uh i think we have a, a biased viewpoint on it because of our cultural circles i mean I, the only times i go to the to the cinema the movies these days is to watch the, the last time i went was to watch the avengers and then the Pokemon movie was before that. And oh, yeah. then I see the and Blade Runner 2049, which yeah. was a year previous. I, I just don't watch, go to the f- movies. I went to watch Jojo Rabbit recently, and I thought that film did something really beautiful, actually. Uh, I don't know whether you know the concept of it. Is that it's the a, new Jojo anime? <laughs> no, it's not. No? It's a Taika Waititi film. It's a, it's a comedy, but it's, not, it's also not really a comedy. It's a, it's a very moving film, but it also is a funny film. Um, mm. which is a difficult line to balance, but the film does it very yeah. well. And the, the concept of it is, it's you're following from the point of view of a 10-year-old who has been essentially brainwashed in the Nazi regime. Like, brainwashed in propaganda, you know, in the same way that all kids were, not brainwashed mm. in a sci- sci-fi kind of sense, just mm. with propaganda. And you are following him around as he tries to be the best Nazi possible until he realizes that his... His mum, who is far more worldly and understands the situation, whereas he doesn't at all, has been hiding a Jewish girl in his attic. And it's like, so you, you see it from his point of view, and because the world looks so ridiculous from his point of view, there's a lot of opportunity for comedy. But as you kind of work the, your way through the plot, you start mm. to realize how horrific it is from his mother's point of view to have this young child who... You can't even try and explain the world to him because you would put him in danger. You just have to let him continue being brainwashed and then try and fix the world in whatever way you can afterwards. Mm, it's a beautiful nuts. movie, and it's it's something that hasn't really been explored that much in other movies as far as I'm aware. Like Normally, the World War II movies focus on the war itself and the horrific nature of the war and people going through it. They don't really talk about the 
how terrible it would have been to be a German person who realized that the regime was so evil, which mm. of which there must be millions and millions of German people who realized that at the time, but just couldn't say anything. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful movie. Yeah. That actually, uh, you caught my interest, and I definitely will watch that, because it reminds me, obviously not the same thing, but the pianists or the pianists. Yes. Uh, Fantastic. With, with, with yes, that one's wonderful. I never saw that movie. Cynthia was the one who, uh, my wife, she was like, kept telling me, she's like, hey, you got to see this. This is a really good movie. It's like one of my favorite movies ever. And then I kept putting it off. And then we finally watched it. And I was shattered. Like, I was yeah. just like, I couldn't believe that th- what this man went through, this man who had such a beautiful talent. And he just had, he just was fighting for his life. Like, that is just, that, and while everything fell apart around him. Yeah. Like oh my god, and even like the 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 big climax of the movie, like the that final moment, like it's just the theme, the 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 sets, like what they use for it. Oh dear lord, yeah. it was so good. I thought, I thought you said the movie title was the penis, and it just that, that explanation. <laughs> I knew it, bro. I knew we had to and go then, back to something and bad. Then came the great climax, and I was just like, what a great movie. <laughs> Why you gotta ruin it, bro? We're, this is the first time we've had insightful conversation on this podcast. And you had to say, I thought you talked about the penis. The penis <laughs> with the great movie. climax. The penis. Oh, oh the penis there climax. Goes monetization. Yeah. There it goes. Good right man. out the window. I mean, the monetization was gone when we played the video of alternate universe me talking about sucking the juice. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was when the monetization was gone. Oh Lord, have mercy! Uh, all right, how we're much time we have left? Though. Fun uh, is more important than money. We're we're over an hour now. Over an hour? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I just want to get this thing out of there. Get out into the wild. Half Life, Alex. It's gonna be it's gonna be a freaking. Uh, uh, I hate to use this word, but it's gonna be a Disaster. nothing burger. It's gonna, it's be, gonna a be a nothing what? burger. A nothing burger. It's gonna have no value. It's just going to be a, a, a three-hour just VR schmooze fest. It ain't going to be a good video game. It it's going to be. be trash. They've been working on it, it for years and years and years. And it's like, in some sense, it's the spiritual successor to Half-Life 3. If they don't make this a good game, they'll be <sighs> crucified. They They've must been working be on this for years. If this thing sucks, just remember that they could have been working on Team Fortress 3 that whole time. <laughs> now you're getting personal. I don't there think I don't think it'll be good. They 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 let go of their writers um for the longest time or the, the writers left them because they weren't working on any story based stuff for the longest time as far as I'm aware. Now, somebody in the YouTube comments will probably correct me on that, but when I last looked up the situation a bunch of their lead writers left Valve because they just weren't really being utilized and they were I I, I can only assume the way they worded them leaving was that they felt like they were stagnating. Uh and the lead writer for Half-Life actually released a um a short story on his website um with the character names from half-life taken out and replaced with letters but basically detailed the what the entire plot of half-life 3 was supposed to be mm. so i don't we- think this is going to be half-life 3 i think this is probably going to be a prequel that follows follows alex well, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't um, expect this to be Half-Life 3. And, and I think it's just going to be some basic shit. I mean, if it's more basic than that, shit. hell yeah. I'll, why not? I don't really I, have the money to buy a VR set. It's but... absurd how people just come to the defense of Valve so quickly. Machine on Twitter, I love this guy to death, but dear Lord, he was like, 
usually when Valve does something like this, it is a milestone in gaming. And it's like, no. Or Bro. maybe they're just trying to make that that Skrilla on Valve VR thing. Ball recently when it comes to games. The, yeah, yeah, like like look at Artifact. Like the latest oh, Artifact, Artifact was... I actually forgot that was even a game. I was going to talk straight about Underlords because I loved Underlords as a game. I haven't played it in a while, but apparently the, the latest update is just whack like they introduced the new concept and it's a work in progress i guess but uh, they they kind of they, so they seem pretty 24 hour peak there. on artifact is 154 people oh well, in the last 24 hours yeah 154. shut it down the peak players people. the yeah. peak players in august was 137 oh, peak players in september 155 that's so bad shut it down um, that's it that's it yeah. i don't know i don't think we're gonna i don't think it's gonna be any if i was in I charge think... of valve what what would you guys do if you're in charge of valve i would i would re- oh, i would actually work question. on uh... i'm not i'm not i would work this... on team fortress 3 this is what i would, I would do. do more more counter-strike more stuff counter-strike more content just i release a new counter-strike just called counter-strike <laughs> okay forget okay. the uh the end names okay new engine one-to-one bullet accuracy on first shot for every gun. What? No, no one would like that. accuracy for every gun. Okay. And, and we remove a lot of the fluff guns, and we only add in some basic stuff, so you remove a lot of the variability in guns, but that increases the amount of strategy because it makes balancing easier for those guns. Right, okay. You bring back classic maps. Uh, in fact, maybe we just literally convert a lot of the CSGO maps that are being made right now. But we do it on a smoother setup on an engine that isn't as janky. We add the CS 1.6 movement back in the game. And that's where you we just go. want 1.6 back. I yeah, think... I think the 1.6 engine with, uh, with CSGO... Oh, um, 1.6 engine. I, I had Sorry, a... the, the, one piece, the 1.6 movement yeah. is what I want. I had a, like two years. So I was a big fan of Counter-Strike Source. Uh, but that scene never really went anywhere except for in the UK. Um, and Sweden had some teams. They had like a league back then, like where they tried to franchise teams in Counter-Strike mm. Source or whatever. CGS, mm-hmm. was it? CGS. CGS. Yeah, it was CGS, yeah. Um, and uh, after that, nothing really happened with Counter-Strike before Global Offensive. And I had like two years where I really wanted Counter-Strike Pro Mod to be a thing. Because I thought that looked incredible, and I was so hype. But it was a community project and never got completed. But damn, that looked so sick for a while. I think, um, I think there's an alternate dimension where Bren is the head of Valve. Um, <laughs> God, and all his ideas come to fruition. Uh, and then there's a podcast of uh, four random people. Who then talk about how Counter Strike has 154 players at peak? <laughs> you, you genuinely think that? I think if they release right now a new Counter Strike game where people's skins transferred over, like every skin transferred over for the guns that they put back in the game, uh, and they just revamped it and they they <sighs> fix the jankiness in the engine. I said there's jankiness in the engine. The, the engine does feel janky. I I I personally I think that one of the greatest it. things about CS is that you you leave it for a while. It's old. It gets a scene set up. It has pro players. You people know what they're getting with it, and it exists. If you start again with a brand new scene, the people might just stick with CS:GO, no, which is almost what they did with the previous game. 
No, that's Valve. nearly what happened with CSGO. No. Yeah. Because Valve would just sponsor tournaments like they do that right now. I suppose they, they could just shift the, the entire would, major the system over. But all right. But then you have all of the formerly beloved pros have to adapt, and they probably won't all adapt because the engine has changed. And so you just got to. Well, hold on. No, they would adapt. No, they wouldn't. That doesn't happen across any... No... Well, I say no. A lot of CS 1.6 players did not properly make the transition (sighs) into CS Source, if they even tried to make that transition, because most of them just went direct from 1.6 into CSGO. And the ones that went from CS Source didn't transition very well into CSGO either. And there was a lot of people just disappeared because they couldn't perform in CSGO. Well, that's something a them problem, not a me problem. As a CEO of Valve, I think that they should just adapt. Yeah, that's what all developers yeah. think, you dribbly papega. You're now well, speaking yeah, yeah. like one of them. I mean, there's a ton of characters that I just miss from, like, what is Half-Life or Left 4 Dead or whatever, but they just need to come up with content. The one thing I liked about Artifact is that they tried to expand the Dota universe. And they were like, hey, we have this Dota universe. We're going to make a new game with all the same characters, same kind of system. We're trying to make something new. And then that's just bombed, and I think they just were like, <laughs> what are we doing? But stuff like I would love to see like a Half Life movie with like G Man, hello, and uh, Gordon Freeman, and it just be incredible. Like, where's our Half Life movie? How many people would watch a Half Life movie? It's right behind the Halo movie. <laughs> like ten of us. Yeah. Like... <laughs> no, 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 no. You severely underestimate how many people would watch a Half Life if they released a movie called Half Life. I don't think they, they need like... a movie, bro. I think you need a series. No. HBO series Half Life. There you Look, go. The Warcraft movie was scuffed as hell, but it was yeah. hype. Fuck that. Make a Warcraft series. Don't make movies anymore. You can't fit the, the, the these giant worlds that have been built up over years. You can't fit that in a movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, how sick would it be? How sick would it be if they made Half Life 3, but before you started Half Life 3, the prequel to Half Life 3 was a movie? that led into, like, two or three hours leading into the plot of Half-Life 3. So so sick! Incredible! (laughs) The PR, bro, you'd get the story back on point, it'd be incredible! I should should work for Valve. Well, none of us should ever be offered a job at Valve. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) there you go. Uh, I like my CS idea. I like my CS idea. No, we were discussing what would you do with Valve, and you were said, like, Oh, I'd make Team Fortress Counter Strike. I'd make Team Fortress three as well. Three. Shut it down. Shut We're it shutting down. it down. Go My internet's gonna die. I, I, look, look, look. The... I got a wholesome story. I got a wholesome story. It's quick. It's oh, quick. Quick. Sure. Quick. Yeah. Quick. Okay. I'm gonna link it in the doc. I need all the listeners to Dude. go into this guy's uh, this guy's YouTube stream. It's a 75 year old playing Fortnite, streaming it on YouTube. I need you guys to give this man some love. He's 75 years old. He's pretty bored. He just streams Fortnite. His green, His green screen. screen is horrible. His green screen but is I believe, tripping. Look, if we get him enough viewers <laughs> and shit, like Nadeshot will be on it, 100 Thieves will upgrade it, Courage will give him a new PC and a new microphone, fix his green screen. He'll be hilarious. Give him some love. Bro, give he's grand- got 93.5 thousand subs on YouTube. Oh, he does. There you go. <laughs> give him some more love. Oh my give him word, some more. He's more subs than us. <laughs> like- Bro, the dude's... The dude's playing on PC on a controller. Like, the man is next level. This. He's playing on PC with a controller. Like, the man cares not your aim assist. This is the definition. Oh, apparently he has a creator code. (laughs) 
I've scuffed. I've messed this up so bad. This guy is a zoomer. He is a zoomer, and he was Look, born I, in the wrong I, I, I had no idea. I have never heard about this guy, so I, I thought it was fun. Good yeah. job, Johnny. Everyone yeah, go support nice Grandma Double O Grand Double Seven Paws. Come on, dude. I love his YouTube banner. Holy moly! Now that is a YouTube banner. <laughs> wow! Awesome. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> He is oh. awesome. We need more people like Grand 007. That's going to be me in a couple of years, I'm telling you. Couple. Yeah. I, you know what? This guy continues to be happy, healthy, and enjoy himself some video games. So, some listeners are going matters. to be like, my wholesome store of the week was fucking Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to get out of here. Close my internet's out. about to explode. Thank you guys so much for watching for us. Make sure you subscribe other social media crap let us know what you thought of this episode using the hashtag foreheads on twitter instagram wherever the hell else you decide to post some stuff myspace for the boomers out there and that's going to do it for us thank you so much for watching we'll catch you in the next one peace later